0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. My name is Lori and as always I am here with the best co-host ever, Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite parts of having borderline personality disorder. So, um Sarah, do you want
1: to start? Yeah, uh, favorite parts. I think I like impulsivity, although it can become incredibly overwhelming very fast and so like That is just something to navigate. Like, for example, this morning I was on my way back from the dog park and I had taken like my work laptop with me and I had like just gotten like I was almost on my way back and I was like, oh, maybe I should like get on top of the van and like install the new vent cover, but, like, I don't want to go into the house because I don't think once I get into the house, I'll want to come back out and do it. So like, I'll just leave the van running and leave Nova in it. Cause it's hot. And then I'll just take my work computer up on the top of the van and I'll work while I install it. And I just like went through this entire scenario. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do it in the apartment complex. Cause the, like the things are small, like the parking spaces are small. So I'll just like run across the street into the movie theater parking lot and do that. And just like, can you imagine a running van with a German Shepherd in it and a, the back doors open a girl with her work laptop on top of a Sprinter van installing a vent cover at like 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning? Just like, they, I went through the whole scenario and I was like, this is BPD. <laughs> I
0: like that. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because like the impulsive thing would be like, just do it. Right. Like not even like think about all the different pieces but I guess like
1: yeah I think that speaks to the level of recovery though because like once upon a time I would have just done it it would have gone terrible I would have become really overwhelmed and then I would have become like I would have called someone and yelled at them (laughs) you know what I mean yeah so like the urge is still there but now you're able to like think it out and be like it's
0: like fact checking and like wise mind all at once right you're like I really want to do this but like is this reasonable maybe not and then like find the middle ground right? Yeah. I think, like, I have a lot of favorite parts. One of them is definitely just, like, yeah, the lows really suck, but, like, the highs are, like, extra amazing. Just my level of excitement about things is something that I don't think I would ever want to give up. So, like, I always think about examples of um, if I ever go to, like, see a circus show, I am, like, so excited. I am enthralled. You're doing weird acrobatic stuff and I'm just like oh, and I'm crying and I'm just like living my best life just like so happy and I'm sure everybody around me is like she does realize that like they practice this right and I'm just like oh this is so cool like oh my god this is so beautiful and blah 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 and it's just like everything exciting and happy
1: is like extra exciting and happy which I really like Can I ask you this though? Because yes, I like that too, but I also find it incredibly triggering to me that other people cannot match my excitement. And then I remember how alone I am in my joy. And I feel like my joy overwhelms other people. And then it gets me all fucked up over my joy. (laughs) And then I'm like, you know, I'll just fucking nix the highs, nix the lows and take the nice middle road, but that's not going to happen. So
0: Uh, Yeah. I don't know if I super resonate with that. Like I, like, I know that sometimes I seem ridiculous with like my excitement about stuff. Right. Um, But I think I've kind of learned to just like be happy with it. You know what I mean? Like it, everybody that I'm close with knows that I'm like quirky and excitable. So like, it's not a problem in my life very often. The only thing is like, sometimes my excitement about things will become like obsessions about things. And then I like, can't let it go. And then that becomes problematic, but I, you know, I'm working on that. A lot of the obsession stuff I'm working on just like actively. Right. Um, where I do kind of notice that like, sometimes it's not necessarily the best is like my ability to like feel for people right where it's like, that gets really scary. Because you're just, like, that level of, like, happiness and joy can be terrifying if you think that it might end, right? Which I'm sure you get. I don't think I understand. Can you explain? Like, I'll just, like, love somebody extra. Or, like, I'll, like, want to spend time with them extra. Or, like, all these things. And then, you know, maybe the rational side of my brain goes, like, oh, like, is that something that you should get yourself excited about? Or whatever.
1: Yeah. I don't have. I think you feel your BPD symptoms come up more in your friendships than I do. I like, very I, much do. Yeah. I don't. I don't hang out with my friends every day. It's, you know, like multiple times. That I haven't seen a friend in months outside of one time for a run. So, like, I don't feel that sense of overwhelm with my obsession towards people. At this point in my life, definitely when I was like 21, 22, I felt that. I do feel like romantic partners. I was gonna say, I do sometimes feel like that with my current boyfriend. I didn't really feel like it with Tori because the reality is like it didn't matter if I felt like that. That just wasn't gonna happen. I I never saw her. So um sometimes I feel like that with my boyfriend, but and it it also like it gets me kind of like in the fear of abandonment and rejection kind of thing of like, have I been here too long? Are you going to kick me out? Do you think I'm needy? Do you think I'm obsessive? Do I love you more than you love me? If I love you more than you love me, then I clearly have to leave you because that's embarrassing. Like that it's just, that's a tangent for me and it's super hard to get a hold of. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. surprise me since it's a new relationship.
0: No, totally. And like, I think a lot of people would feel that in a relationship too, right? It's just like, for us, it's elevated
1: but I've definitely felt that in my life over my running. And I don't, I think that's a combo of both BPD and the eating disorder of like, I would meticulously track my miles over the last few years, 2021 or 2020 was the first year I didn't track my miles weekly, monthly and annually. Um,
0: And that was hard. I assume.
1: Well, I got really injured. And then the, pandemic happened. So I was able to kind of just feeling like,
0: eh. right, um, right, right.
1: But yeah, I mean, even now there's times when I'm like, I should go into my planner and write how many Peloton classes I took this week. Like, and I'm like, we're going to sit down and calculate the minutes and go back into previous like workouts on the app and see how many miles I went. And it's just like that. So yeah. I do get obsessive like that. Do you have like a fitness tracker, like watch, like Apple Watch or anything? Yeah, but I rarely use my Apple Watch because the shit never stays charged long enough. So I basically only use it to work out, and I don't walk with it. Like I don't use it very oh, okay. much. Right, but well, my so Garmin I wear mine
0: hundred percent of the time. So like, I are I have all that stuff on there, right?
1: Yeah. No, I don't do all that, but I'm really bad at managing my tech because between my two laptops, my phone, my iPad, my watch, my AirPods, like nova's collar i just like a charging shit gets me so overwhelmed i'm just like ah. um okay we're down on a tangent <laughs> we would never um okay another favorite
0: thing of mine is my ability to read people's emotions that they're not willing to express to other people and through that i'm able to build really solid connections with people that are like virtually strangers so like you know you ask the classic like hey how are you questioned and they're like good and then I know for a fact that that's not true and because of the way that I approach things and probably the way that I emote they when I say like are you though <laughs> or whatever it is then then like they open up to me and so I feel like I have the honor of hearing a lot of stories that like aren't shared and like a lot of feelings um And I really like hold that really dear to me. Of course, sometimes that can be really hard because, you know, you're picking up on energies around you all the time. So sometimes (laughs) if those energies are really negative, there's nothing that you can like do to protect yourself from that. But for the most part, like that's, that's something that I love very much is my ability to read people and connect with them quickly.
1: Yeah, that is, I know we've been debating this for like 40 episodes now, but Like you would keep your BPD if you could. I would not. But that is the one piece that I would keep is I I think I'm a really good clinician because I have the understanding of applying the skills. And I think that like the ability to feel and to identify the feeling in other people is super powerful. And it has led me to this strong sense of community, but it did leave me feeling very isolated for a long time. But yeah, much like you, I hold that, I hold that incredibly dear. So.
0: Yeah. I'm like, I have no doubt it makes you a better clinician and like friend and partner and just like human being. Right. One day I feel like you're going to end up loving and accepting your BPD enough to not want to get rid of it but I mean it really depends I totally disagree
1: (laughs) but I mean (laughs) you're like get me out of this shit right now um no it's my thing it's it's exhausting I mean like like this podcast. I I love that Lori is like constantly saying how much she loves her BPD and she would keep it because I think that we need that perspective on our podcast to like match my own, like, I am very tired and like, I don't, I cannot radically accept that I have to work 10 times harder than other people to be less functional. Like I like, yeah, like it is so tiring and, um, you know, to radically accept my BPD would be to radically accept my trauma. And I'm just also not there yet, but, um, no, I would I would I would give it up. I'd give it up cuz I believe that there there would be other people that could carry it then. Have it. <laughs> Please, for the love of god.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I mean like there are you're right. It's it's so exhausting. So exhausting. I think for that me That is like, something that people do not understand. No. It's really not. And like it is so tiring. Even just thinking about like let alone like having to think about your skills all the time and, you know, having to deal with interpersonal relationships and blah, blah, blah. But the act of feeling everything 10 times more than anybody else is so exhausting.
1: Yeah. Like the, the fact that there are people out there that are not constant, like, and I mean, constantly feeling like their partner is going to leave them or someone they love is going to leave them like that is playing in my mind 80% of the time. I, Lori, I am not kidding. (laughs) We should do like a bonus on this or something. I literally started crying at the park last night because like crying and being like, I put my life on pause for this relationship and and so if you don't have the same level of investment as me, I need you to let me know. Like this is a conversation I had with my boyfriend last night because I made a joke about having a family Christmas card and he said no. And I was like, you don't want to have a family Christmas card with me. And the thing is is I wasn't, I, w- I wasn't like, I want to have a Christmas card seriously. Like I, I wasn't seriously wanting to have a Christmas card, but I just threw this like candy cane onesie idea out. About putting the dogs and us in a candy cane onesie, just as a funny. And then he was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm down for the family Christmas card thing." And I was like, "You don't want to be family with me. You don't love me. You don't. You're not in this." Like, I would have felt the exact same thing. And I'm he's like, "On your behalf." He's literally like, "What? What? What is going? What? We're supposed to be eating our ice cream Sunday. What is going on?" And I'm just like you don't, you don't want to be in a Christmas card with me. You don't love me. You don't want to be with me. And then he's like, Sarah, we've been talking about building an A-frame together. And I'm like, yeah, well, if you want to build an A-frame with me, but you don't want to be in a Christmas card with me, then you don't love me. Like just that whole, and then having to sit in the car and cry and him be really patient. And me say like, I know, Andrew, I know that you not wanting to be in a Christmas card does not mean that you don't want to be with me. I know that. I just don't feel that.
0: That's a really good way of saying that though. I've never heard anybody say that before, but I really like that. I know that, but I don't feel that two
1: different things. That's your rational mind and your, and your uh, emotional mind. Totally. Um, So that process, that is where the exhaustion is. It's like that thing happens multiple times a day about stupid shit, like having a family Christmas card, (laughs) But even even
0: like subtle things, I mean, I don't know, like I am reading every facial expression, every body movement, every word in an email, every missing punctuation or added punctuation or anything like that. I am analyzing and arguably overanalyzing everything all the time. You know, if I'm watching TV with Aaron and he looks down at his phone, I'm like, oh my God, if you don't want to watch this, that's fine. You know a normal person would be like, well, whatever, we just text while we watch TV. Like, that's what we do. You know what I mean? Like being hyper aware is essentially what it is. And like, you know, that's really what toxic stress is too, right? It's just like being hyper aware of your surroundings. I'm not going to say that this is necessarily awareness to the point of, you know, your nervous system overreacting like it would if you were getting chased by a bear. (laughs) Um, But like that low. Grade stress of monitoring everything around you and wondering what it means all the time definitely gets to you.
1: Yeah. So, you know, maybe one of these days we'll have like a true episode about if we would or wouldn't keep our BPD and why, but sometimes it's hard for me to imagine that, that I'm a good clinician because of my BPD kind of benefit outweighing all of the other costs. The reality is it doesn't matter because we can't hand it back. And so we make the best that we can with it. Right. But yeah. And I wouldn't want to
0: live without the skills that I have with BPD. So that's another thing to keep in mind. It's not like I love BPD. It's so much fun. Like, No, I love the benefits of BPD that I have learned skills to create happy life that outweighs the negatives of BPD for the most part right like it's it's way more complicated than like would you or wouldn't you but I I have more positives than negatives at this point but the negatives still suck don't get me wrong
1: yeah and I mean you clawed your way to get there like in I I mean fucking you know uphill and snow both ways (laughs)
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's no snowshoes and it's been nine years of practicing these skills or something like that. Right. So like, that is a lot of time to dedicate to something. And like, that's the other thing that I love is just like my ability to be this passionate about stuff. You know, if I, if I never fell into the whole advocacy thing and didn't do all the public speaking that I do, didn't do the podcast, didn't have like the Instagram presence that I do, blah, 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 blah maybe I'd give up EPD cause it wouldn't matter to me that much, but like, it's something that like brings me so much joy that it's the reason that I go, that I live. So
1: why would I give that up? You know? I mean, there's a lot to be said about the level of community that we have built. And I think that that is the strongest protective factor that I could ever have is that community. And I hope to be at a place where I'm nine years out from DBT because, again, I'm not I'm four years from when I got diagnosed and only a few years from when I finished my DBT program. So when you look at Lori and I as a case study, I mean, she is so far beyond the skills use that I have. And they're like it's clear to me every time I talk to her when I'm dysregulated because she is so clear about skills and so she's so regulated herself and there's been several times where she's really hurt my feelings by her like just blunt language usage and I'm still so incredibly sensitive so I mean let's let's pod in 2026 and maybe Mm -hmm. I will feel the same
0: yeah and I mean uh, like uh, yeah I've definitely I've definitely pissed Sarah off and vice versa because the way that we deal with skills and dysregulation is different. And like, that's fair, right? Like what works for me doesn't work for everybody, but what works for me is what I know. So there's something to be said for that as well. Um,
1: Anything else you love about BPD? I can tell you what I don't love. Uh, no. let's talk about sex. I mean, sex with BPD is shit's fun. Yeah. If you have the right partner and uh, you know, the impulsivity around sex is fun, although it can get us in some really dangerous places. So that's important to acknowledge that duality. Um, but I think like sexual intimacy, when you feel this level of feelings, And if you have such a strong level of attraction for someone makes sexual intimacy really fun when it's fun, it can also make it really awful when it's awful. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't know. I've always kind of like not dissociated, but like just kind of separated like sex from intimacy, I think just like in my life. So like, I just don't really like that part doesn't resonate with me as much. I don't think.
1: I don't, I don't mean like emotional intimacy. just oh the act of being physically close with someone oh yeah okay fair enough yeah yeah okay that makes more sense yeah I I've although the older I get and the less like the further removed from sexual trauma I've become the more I can uh, like recognize that there's some loving acts about sex but most of the time I'm like just stick a bead in my ass whatever um (laughs) but (laughs) listens to this Sarah. (laughs) No, I don't what I don't sorry, Dad Dean. I don't know. Like (laughs) I think that's an important thing to honor and recognize.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um we have to cut that. (laughs) No, not at all. That's hilarious to me. Uh and he will laugh and he will send me another like paragraph (laughs) of text after he does every episode. Oh Um, it's very cute. Um yeah I think like like the sex part is less relevant to me right now than it was when I was younger but like just the impulsivity in general is fun right like you said like yeah yeah, it can get you in shit but like I don't know I have a pretty good time for the most part you know
1: yeah like and and I think it's about like like developing harm reduced (laughs) Like use applying the harm reduction model to impulsivity, right? I have a fully built out sprinter van so that when I feel like I need to leave impulsively, I can safely leave impulsively and I'm no longer sleeping like on a, uh, like pushed back front seat of a Mazda CX-5. Like when I feel like I need to leave, right? Like I have a vehicle that doesn't look like I'm in it. I have uh, the items that I need to be safe in it um, uh, like that, that has been a really important part of me channeling my impulsivity is that I have the ability to just move move and leave when I need to. And I will probably even someday when I have a house again, like I will never give up having some sort of like sprinter van or bus or something that's completely built out so that I always have that option because it's like, I think it's really saved me from engaging in dangerous impulsive behaviors like I did when I was younger, or like mm-hmm. I did when I first broke up with Tori. Yeah, totally.
0: That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, like, you know, you could be couch surfing on random people's couches that you don't know, or beds, or whatever, right? Like, those are things that, like, I'm sure both of us have done in the past. Like, it's not necessarily a positive thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, harm reduction wise, I, I was trying to think of an example for the impulsivity, and I think, for me like the spending is probably currently the most um problematic and um yeah i have basically like every time i get a paycheck like most of my paycheck gets taken away to pay everything before i'm able to spend anything right so like i never go into the hole because i already have everything like figured out basically like the minute i get my paycheck um which i'm super lucky to have that financial privilege but that's the way that I've done it so that I don't accidentally overspend and then realize that I don't have any money left.
1: Yeah.
0: Ugh, I just love shopping. It's
1: a problem. I know you love shopping. Um, Although by the time this episode comes out, we will have hit our 10 K. So let's just maybe have a little review of the fact that with our 10,000 downloads, we are putting out a merch line and I just like blew Lori's order out of the water. I ordered three times as much merch, like cost wise, as she did, and I was effing shocked. She had a coupon code that she didn't share with me though, and her shipping wasn't nearly as expensive. Yeah, said so you had a ten percent off like coupon, and I was like, bitch, uh, I didn't get a coupon code. But anyways, but I I can, I can explain that after. Out of the water and I was like really shocked because Lori is generally the the spender she's the spender I'm the drunk I'm the slut she's the on time one (laughs) yep pretty much
0: um yeah I uh well in fairness though because it was the first order of the merch to try out which is how I got the 10% it was like the sample order I wasn't sure what the sizing would be like, so I didn't want to overorder because I'm, like, not necessarily, like, conventionally sized. So, um, but I will have you know that it all fits me great. So, we're good to go, and now I can drop a million dollars. You have yeah. to order the hat. Oh, I was The thinking- hat. I was thinking about the hat all day. I'm not even, I hate hats. and It's so cute.
1: It's literally so cute. There's so many good ways to wear uh, like dad hat, I guess is what we call it now. But I just think of it as like a ball cap. Um, like I really like backwards with two braids I like frontwards with like straight hair or curl I just I love a good baseball cap but I grew up playing baseball and softball so um, and we're all we also have
0: very different styles
1: <laughs> so like yeah I'm a right I'm there. a I'm a dirty hobbit and you're like a put-together human I don't know a put together human but
0: I don't I just don't wear hats. It's, like, not my thing, but I'm going to buy it anyways because it's so cute. It's literally so
1: cute. So fucking cute. Hit that link in the show I, notes. Yeah. Oh, in the show notes, yeah. Get your hat. <laughs> yes, or shirt. Or crop top or shirt, whatever, but yeah we love you guys and in 2025 when it's been nine years since I got diagnosed we'll revisit the conversation about if I would keep my BP thank you and have a great night bye hi friends thank you so much for listening to this episode of the bold beautiful borderline podcast Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey and We can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes. So check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you and we'll see you next time.